what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good, everybody? Welcome back to the Spirit-Filled Real Talk podcast. We're going to start with a story so much. When I say so much, I ain't even kidding, has happened even in just a few short days since our last podcast episode. And I think that it is very important for you to see people perhaps that you look up to, people that are experts in some way, people that have a specialty, it's important to see them as humans and walking their talk. And that's something that I absolutely walk out in my life, but you might not always hear about it. So story time. Something that you may not know, I am somebody that is obsessed (laughs) with, with growth because I believe that when you are committed to growth, when you have this as a pillar of priority in your life, as a standard in your life, it directly impacts your ability and capacity to contribute in the world. So the more you invest in your own growth and in your own development, the more you are able to then pour out and share and serve with. So I have always seen a direct correlation between the two and what once started as necessity (laughs) and this deep hunger for answers has continued to be a hunger, but it's now a lifestyle. It's just something that I always do. So I always have immersion experiences. I've always believed in experiential education. I'm the type of person that does not just like reading a book or listening to a podcast or not having some way to actually implement that or integrate that into my life. Now, I do read books, I listen to podcasts, but I have found that doing something experientially, actually putting yourself in a position of risk, getting outside of your comfort zone is where growth happens. It's where massive change can happen. And I've found also that when you immerse yourself in, let's say, a you know, two to seven day event or a weekend experience where you're just in it, there's nowhere to run. (laughs) And you just do this deep work for hours at a time, you just pack them in. You really get your most breakthroughs that way versus if you are trying to scatter that throughout your days, your weeks, your year, you don't get the same kind of impact as if you just immerse yourself into it. So I put these on my calendar every year for sure, often multiple times a year. So this past week, weekends from Thursday, from our last podcast, literally, to now, so I think I recorded the podcast the night of the first day. (laughs) So when the event was over, I literally recorded a podcast. But from Thursday to now, I had been immersing myself in literally 55 hours of content, which is insanity. Okay, so while I'm in this immersion experience, different things were happening. So my best 
friend lost his mother, which I feel like was devastating because I know how influential this woman is and who she is to him and then how I have experienced her through him. And it was just devastating. So that happened on the second day of this event and it was a crushing thing. And it was one of those positions where I was given the opportunity to use my tools and to hold both, okay? And so it's so interesting. I found this to happen very frequently that when we commit to something, we immerse ourselves into something. That's when life happens and other things come up. It's almost like there there's tests or things that happen that make you challenge what you're about and what you're going to do. And so I saw this as a way to lean in, to hold both, and to double down on love. This could have been something where I didn't take care of myself. This could have been something where I didn't have anything to give. This could have been a situation that could have played out really, really different. But I decided that I'm not going to resist life. I'm going to let it be what it is, and I'm going to take it a day at a time, a step at a time, and a moment at a time. And so that looked like me (laughs) letting myself decide how I was going to show up with this training and with this immersion experience, deciding how I was going to be there for my best friend, my BFF, right? We, We call each other each other's folks, favorite human of all time. So how I was going to be there, how I was going to make space for these things in my life and be present genuinely in them and not just prioritize me and my needs, but prioritize this because this is life happening, right? Um, But I think often there's ultimatums like we have to totally abandon this thing to be present for this thing or we have to cut this off in order to do this. And it's not so black and white. It's just showing up and taking it a day at a time, a moment at a time, a step at a time. And so long story short, the lesson here is that I was able to hold both. I was able to take care of myself and center and pray and intercede and and fight right up to the final minutes while being present and while training. I was able to meet you know, with my best friend. I was able to, to, to take time out to do that. In the midst of what I was going through, I was able to still, again, invest in what I'd committed to. And so just want to offer this as an example. When life happens, it's still one of those things where rather than creating ultimatums or, or going left, how can you lean into this? How can you show up to this moment? How can you hold both? Right? So... I, from doing an experience like this, had energy to be present, okay? Whereas if I wasn't taking care of myself, I probably wouldn't be able to be much help. Hopefully you can see that. Now, another instance happened just yesterday. Similar, similar example, okay? Yet very different. So I had met with a a sweet woman and we were getting a coffee, um, talking about business, life, all the things. And uh, she mentioned that a storm was coming, (laughs) right? Um, I had to go and she's like, oh yeah, because there's a storm coming. I had no idea, okay? So I leave um, and I'm driving home and, you know, I'm just seeing things like, oh, there's going to be hail, right? Just, you know, casual hail, no big deal. 
Come to find out, it's way more serious than that. I get home barely, and there are tornadoes all around me. There's a tornado literally where I just was. There was a tornado on the road that I take home. There's a tornado uh, at a hotel just you know, a mile away from my home. There was uh, a tornado and a farm right, right behind me. It was so terrifying. And I'm home and I have no idea that this is happening because I lost power and connection, all that stuff for at least three hours, okay? So I was coming home because I had another commitment, right, which I could not do without the internet. And I have no idea what is happening or how serious it is, right? And I am somebody that's from the Midwest. So, you know, normally when there's tornadoes, you go to your basement, uh, you know, you kind of (laughs) know some things to do. And here there was no warning. Like the sky did not turn a different color. There was not any, you know, sound and like really loud sounds indicating that there was like a huge tornado coming. They just dropped out of the sky all over the place. It was the scariest thing. And I started seeing a lot of this stuff today. Okay, so long story short, I thought about this. I'm like, okay, I just came off like in a a total immersion experience and uh, a grieving experience, which is ongoing. Um, life, right? And then all of a sudden, this scary, actually terrifying experience, right? What (laughs) does one do here? Okay, so I literally, again, didn't have a lot of ideas of what was happening here, but did get power back, did get to get to this commitment, and I was able to share some takeaways, which I'll share with you now from this experience that I went through, because I just thought it was so, so interesting. So what we were tasked to do um, in this group that I was in was to share how we've been learning, how we've been growing, how we've been transforming, which I'll tie to the message today. So (laughs) I shared a message. This is a community that's about taking back your power. This is a community that's about raising your standards. This is a community that is about going after and pursuing what you are here for because life is a gift and it's meant to be lived and to be played fold out and to leave nothing behind, right? So we have this saying, (laughs) anytime we get tested or challenged in life, wonderful, oh wonderful, what an opportunity. Because how you assign meaning to something, you might have heard me talk about this, how you assign meaning to something is how you experience it, okay? So (laughs) I shared wonderful, oh wonderful, severe tornadoes may have just missed me within minutes and miles, tried to stir up some fear, because we're all about turning fear into power, and steal some power literally from homes over 15,000 people, stole power from homes, for the entire session that I was supposed to be a part of last night, but (laughs) I was able to have my own debrief in the laundry room with a flashlight (laughs) and catch the final session, okay? And I said, if that is not turning fear into power, and I shared a video of one of these uh, tornadoes that literally dropped over an overpass, insanity, insanity. So for the sake of calling it tight, right, I said four days ago I was taking XL action and pairing it 
with unbelief, meaning I had questioning or doubt in my mind. And so many of us do this, right? Like we'll say, well, I'm taking all the action. I'm doing all the things. Yeah, but if you're not doing it in faith, you're wasting a lot of time, energy, emotion, right? So, and then you wonder why you're not getting the results that you want, right? I said I was cutting off my energy. I was also holding it all, embracing this experience as I prepared to and unexpectedly process the sudden loss of a family member. A reminder why showing up for this work is everything. I had something to give to help support those around me while supporting myself, right? We truly have nothing to give if we don't support ourselves, okay? And if we don't fill ourselves up first. So both were necessary, both were important, and both could be held. There could be space for both, okay? Also, consider this. How can you ever sustain happiness if you only focus on what is missing? Change the pattern and you'll be shocked. Because a lot of times we are operating out of patterns and we begin to think that that pattern of showing up, that programming is who we are, but it's not. It's just a pattern, okay? So today... I know that faith unused doesn't get stronger. (laughs) I'm somebody that takes control of my focus to bring the highest version of myself to every encounter. That's my standard, right? Results in advance is where it's at. And the only certainty that exists is the certainty that we create in ourselves. I live a life as a gift. I live life as a gift in gratitude and playful out to get the results I'm here to, I'm designed to, okay? So I shared this with them as kind of a recap of my experience, but again, just to offer and give that difference in perspective. A lot of times we make excuses for why we can't show up. A lot of times we let ourselves off the hook from showing up. A lot of times we talk about how bad life is, how scary life is, um, and have reasons, right? Great reasons as as to why we are where we are, right? However, none of that is very productive in moving forward and being able to grow and being able to contribute. So it's really important to recognize that we do have a choice of how we show up in different things. And it's a gift to be able to tap into God, to be able to tap into your highest self and bring that to the table, especially in times of challenge and in times of testing. It's almost as if, why (laughs) would you be doing all of this work if you didn't use it in the moments where it's needed the most, right? So Rather than thinking, oh my God, I'm doing all of this work. Why is this happening to me? Well, because you've been doing all this work, you're the perfect person to show up and offer some love in this situation or offer some new insight in this situation or offer a different model of how one can grow through this or how one can call on God in this situation or grow in their faith or whatever it might be or or to be of service, right? So... Just wanted to hold up both of these examples of how you can immerse yourself in life rather than resist life, right? And ask yourself all of these questions that are not productive. You can 
lean into life. You can allow life to unfold and you can trust that you'll be given the tools that you need to show up, okay? So if you happen to be in the Austin area, just a side note, the Austin Disaster Relief Network is a beautiful organization that is boots on the ground. There's many ways that you can connect with them, whether that's just sending money, whether that's literally being boots on the ground right now and helping people clean up debris and help them, you know, get their life together. You can also create uh, care packages and and bring those to different shelters that are set up around the city. So if you happen to be local listening to this, these are some options. Even if you're not local, you can find the Austin Disaster Relief Network. That is an organization that can distribute the support that's needed most. So just want to shout them out. They're doing an amazing job. I was connected with them today. So make sure that you do go explore that. Now, Connecting to this message, you probably are like, cool, glad you're okay, great stories, not looking for sympathy <laughs> at all here. I'm looking to to impart some wisdom and give, and give you this gift. So a lot of times we think that we just need to grow in God and we need to forget who we are. But what I want to offer is there's actually a sacred call to self-discovery. Okay, and there's actually a gift in being yourself and being more and more of who that is each and every day and bringing that person to every encounter. Okay, there's actually a a teacher named Thomas Merton that says that the most important thing in the whole world, that on which his entire existence, happiness and peace depend, is self development, self-discovery, okay? It's it's finding God, many would think, right? But it's also discovering yourself. You don't lose yourself when you grow in a relationship with God. And, and that's typically how it's discussed, right? God plays an important role in, in knowing yourself, right? But many people, I've seen this to be true, that if you only focus on knowing yourself, you're getting it wrong, okay? So I wanna go into this sacred call of self-discovery, okay? Because it's a big deal. A humble self-knowledge is a sure way to God than a search after deep learning. Did you hear that? A humble self-knowledge is a sure way to God than a search after deep learning, okay? There's a prayer by Augustine that says this, Lord, grant that I may know myself, that I may know you, okay? So there's many theologians that talk about this sacred call of self-discovery and the gift of being able to transform, right, with God. So spirituality involves a transformation. I don't know if you've noticed, (laughs) but it's a transformation of the self that only occurs when God and self are both deeply known. You just don't cut off yourself only to know God, right? As you grow in your knowledge of self, you also grow in your knowledge of God. And as you grow in your knowledge of God, you also grow in your knowledge of self. They're interconnected, okay? They both have a very important space 
in developing your spiritual your spirituality and your spiritual capacity and your spiritual leadership, okay? There is no deep knowing of God without a deep knowing of self and no deep knowing of self without a deep knowing of God, okay? Big, big deal, all right? Hopefully that alone is like a aha moment for you, okay? (laughs) So consider the way a lack of self-knowledge can affect you. Right? If you don't have self-awareness and if you lack knowledge of self, how does that affect you? How does that affect your world? How does that affect you in how you show up and take care of yourself? How does that affect you in your relationships? How does that affect you as a leader? How does that affect you at your job or in your career or in your business? Often a lack of knowledge of self leads to our downfall and to our destruction, believe it or not, okay? So we can be outwardly successful, hear this, we can be outwardly successful with no knowledge of self and with no knowledge of God. And what good is that doing for you or anybody else, okay? (sighs) Essentially, there can be a gap between your inner reality and your outer reality, which many of us do live this way. It can be said that we live hiding in plain sight. We live our lives hiding. We live our lives just performing for people and acting for people so that we can be useful, so that we can be helpful, but yet we're denying ourselves so much so that we don't even know who we are, right? Or we're getting caught up so much in how we're being perceived, right, that we don't even know who we are anymore or what matters anymore, what our purpose is. Like we totally lose a sense of self in trying to appease or to please or to be useful to other people. And we live disconnected not only from self, but from God, okay? Now, that can be a huge detriment because believe it or not, we're not here to hide. The word of God tells us to let our light so shine, right? We're supposed to be like a city set on a hill, right? A light that can't be hidden. That's how we're supposed to show up, okay? But it's important to note that not all knowledge transforms, okay? So some knowledge that we get, some knowledge that we seek merely puffs us up, kind of like an overfilled balloon, okay? But that doesn't always help us to grow, to evolve, right? And also check out the condition of your heart. Sometimes knowledge is only inflating an ego <laughs> or a false sense of self, right? And it's it's not helping our heart. And it's actually creating a lot of impure motivation in us, okay? Because self-knowledge that is pursued apart from knowing our identity in relationship to God easily leads to self-inflation. So this is often where well-meaning people will say that you're just supposed to die to yourself completely and have no self-concept, okay? (laughs) Yes, you don't want to get to a point of self-inflation and pursue your identity apart from a relationship with God because that can absolutely happen, but growing a knowledge of self is something that God wants you to know, right? You are a unique creation. He formed, shaped, and anointed you like nobody else, okay? Paul warns about this actually in 1 Corinthians 8, 1. 
in arrogance to which we are vulnerable when knowledge is valued more than love. It can also lead to self-preoccupation. So unless we spend as much time looking at God as we spend looking at ourselves, our knowledge of self will simply draw us further and further into an abyss of self-fixation. Okay? So it's quite possible to be stuffed with knowledge about God that does nothing to help us genuinely know either God or ourself. And it is possible as well to be full of self-knowledge, right? And then have no desire for God, okay? But the two are important to be growing and developing together, okay? But the key here is to have a relationship with God so that you have a context for your identity and a way to grow in your identity, okay? Big deal. Hopefully this is making sense and you're tracking with me, all right? So to illustrate this, I thought a really good example is Peter's transformational knowing, okay? Because again, knowing God and knowing self are interdependent, Okay, paradoxically, we can come to know God best, not by looking at God exclusively, but by looking at God and then looking at ourselves, then looking at God and then looking at ourselves, right? This is also the way we best know ourselves. Both God and self are most fully known in relationship to each other. So just practically speaking, I am somebody that really, really connects with God in many ways, but one of my primary ways is just through journaling, asking God questions, being still, writing down what uh, I'm receiving and what's being downloaded to me in my spirit. And a lot of times when I'm doing that, I will see things that are being highlighted to me about my own character, about my own growth, or about my own developments. And it is humbling and it's eye-opening, but it's incredibly empowering as well. Or I can see heart wounds that weren't healed or an area in my mind that needs to be renewed or when I'm not operating in the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind and I'm operating under the influence of doubt or a fear of some kind or unbelief, right? When I'm processing with God, there's gentle conviction, empowerment, and an enablement to, to rise up and be more of who he formed, shaped, and anointed me to be in the world. There's revelation about what that looks like practically, and walking that out turns into favor and into blessing, right? So it's a really beautiful experience, whereas I can compare it to a lot of the self-help work that I've done that just seems like constant doing and performing and achieving, which is very different, right? Out of relationship of God, it's just being more of who you are and allowing things to unfold naturally versus all of the pushing and forcing, right? Two totally different ways of showing up, okay? So jumping back to Peter, consider this spiritual journey, okay? So he was the rock on which Christ promised to build his church. He was remarkably crumbly when we see Peter, right? And, and none of the disciples showed more growth in understanding of both self and God during their three years of accompanying Christ than Peter, right? He had this inner knowing at several points on his journey that were actually captured in the Bible, okay? There was his initial meeting with Christ and Christ's call to follow him, okay? There were you know, his responses that he had to Jesus. There, there were many instances, okay? But if you think about it, what might he have known about himself during this time? 
I'm speculating here, of course, but perhaps if asked about himself, he might have told us that he was a fisherman, right? Possibly he might have added that he was somewhat hot-tempered and impulsive, if you were really honest. And he might have told us about his longing for a savior for his people, okay? And this would show that he was a man of hope and faith. It is, however, highly unlikely that he could have known the depths of his fears or the magnitude of his pride, right? He probably wouldn't tell us that. These levels of knowing of self awaited deeper knowing of God, right? Until God held up these different moments of confrontation, if you will, that's when knowledge of self was being developed and challenged, okay? So there is an encounter that he has with Jesus in Matthew, right? Where Peter had witnessed Jesus's numerous vehicles, vehicles, miracles, <laughs> had heard him preach to large crowds and dialogue with individuals and had the opportunity to watch him closely. But on this particular night, Peter was not thinking about any of that at all, right? often sounds like us, right? We can witness miracles and all of a sudden we get have something really challenge us and all of our faith goes out the window, okay? So out in a boat in the midst of a severe storm, Peter and the other disciples were preoccupied with their immediate safety. This is like actually really interesting because this could have totally been me yesterday and I went straight into prayer. <laughs> it was wild, right? But I just went straight into prayer. Um, that's not probably what I would have done years ago at all. Actually, okay, so anyway, back to Peter. Suddenly, seeing Jesus walking on the water towards them, they were terrified, okay? And Jesus' words to them must have been instantly reassuring, right? He was saying, it's I, basically, okay? But Peter immediately cried out, if it's you, tell me to come to you across the water, okay? So as Christ invites him across the water, we know he stepped out of the boat, <laughs> And he started sinking when he looked down, right? So think about that. If you were asked here about what he knew about himself, he might be able to now speak of his fears, which he might not have been able to voice before. While he had the courage to step out on the waters at, at Christ's bidding there, he also experienced the terror of beginning to sink when he looked at the waves rather than at Christ. We all are susceptible to that, right? But he would likely quickly add this had only served to increase his trust in Christ, right? So a fear was exposed here, but it was also an opportunity to trust. And so this created deeper trust, right? Because Christ was with him in this moment. And ultimately he knew he couldn't sink even though he freaked out, right? And his old nature showed up there, okay? Another example was Jesus washing the feet of his disciples, right? We see Peter's initial refusal to allow Christ to wash his feet, followed by Christ's prediction of Peter's betrayal. So what might Peter have said of his knowing of God himself at that point, right? <laughs> it seems probable that he might now speak with confidence about his love for Christ, right? The fervency of his belief, maybe, that Jesus was the Christ and his utter disbelief and shock, right, at, at Jesus's prediction of his denial of him, right? But it's, but it's interesting here, right? Briefly seeing this play out, 
did Jesus know, did Jesus not know the depth of his love? Did he not know of his heroic courage and the strength of his convictions, right? He must have assumed that Christ was mistaken in this prediction. And doubting Jesus was easier than doubting himself, okay? He'd not yet encountered either his pride or the extent of his fear, okay? So even in some of these encounters that Peter is having, we can see how knowledge of self and knowledge of God, right, they're they're interconnected, Okay, big, big deal. So I can keep going on this path, but deep knowing of God and deep knowing of self always develop in our lives interactively. Okay, it's the result of authentic transformation of the self, and that is the core of our spiritual development. Okay, so I just want to challenge you today when it comes to what you are immersing yourself into? Are you immersing yourself into a sacred call of self-discovery? Are you immersing yourself into growth? Are you immersing yourself into drama, gossip, vain imaginations, Netflix, social media, comparison, judgment? What are you immersing yourself into? What is actually helping you grow a knowledge of your highest self and a knowledge of God? Okay, a great question. What have you learned about yourself as a result of your experience with God? Candidly, I learned, I think I shared this in another episode, I learned that I didn't trust life because many bad things, quote unquote, had seemed to be happening to me. I learned that I didn't trust people, right? Because it can look good at first and then go terribly wrong. I had seen that to be true. And then ultimately, I learned that I couldn't really trust myself, right? Because I know myself. (laughs) I know my weaknesses, right? So ultimately, I can't just count on myself, right? So I had a hard time with trust. And a lot of my achieving, a lot of my habits and patterns of showing up in the world were to try to create significance or to try to create a something that I could control a level of safety in my life, okay, which was just evidence of living a life without connection to God and without trust, all right? So that was revealed to me when God started showing me my heart or started revealing some of my thoughts or started holding up my emotional home or the emotions that I lived in most of the time that were not joy, righteousness, or peace, (laughs) right? The kingdom, they were not the kingdom. They were frustration, stress, overwhelm, anxiety, right? So I started to see how I was being wired and programmed and it looked nothing like what I have in him and who he made me to be. And that was very eye-opening for me. And that really started changing my growth journey, particularly spiritually, okay? So what have you learned about yourself as a result of your experience with God? And what do you know about God as a result of genuine encounter with yourself? I will say that when you are doing self-discovery with God, it is gentle. It is the most deep (laughs) and difficult work that you'll probably ever do, right? And you're vulnerable, but God is with you. You're not doing that work alone. And it is so revealing and healing, and it leads to greater levels of freedom, of peace, of wholeness, which is absolutely worth it, okay? So really, really, really big deal, okay? 
So what I want to offer is that there is a call to deep personal encounter. It's an invitation, not a reprimand. It's an invitation to step out of the security of your boat and meet Jesus in the vulnerability and chaos of your inner storms. Okay, it's an invitation to move beyond objective knowledge to personal knowing, and it's an invitation to truly know God. So what I want to offer to you today is this gift that you can give to yourself, and it's the sacred call of self-discovery and allowing life to unfold rather than resisting life and creating unnecessary suffering and pain and choosing to go through everything with God so that he can truly guide you one day at a time, one step at a time, one moment at a time and empower you to show up in the fullness of who he is and of who you are everywhere you go, right? And particularly when it's hardest to do so, right? So you can learn more about God, more about yourself as you lean into your grief journey. You can learn more about God as you pursue your own personal development for the first time. You can learn more about yourself and about God as you start showing up and serving with his values and his value system and his standards in your life. There's so much beauty that you can really step into when you start discovering yourself in him and start discovering him and you. And I just want to invite you into that journey and give you permission to hold all the things that are happening. You can make space for it all. You can. (laughs) it's possible and God wants you in greater levels of freedom and wholeness and to really be able to double down on love everywhere you go and that is available to you so I just wanted to offer some real life examples to you hopefully they're providing some inspiration and give you some practical tools and some questions that you can use to evaluate your own life and take these to God in your journaling time and see what happens. Okay. So if you are on a growth or a transformational journey and you want your secret weapon, a life coach, (laughs) make sure that you go visit julianapage.com. And I offer a free discovery call. I typically have a 30 minute call block. So there should be some of those open if you want to go schedule one of those you can do so. There is also the God's Vibes Mastermind. There's applications open for that, but that is ongoing learning. It is an immersive experience, and it's a way that you can really grow in your self-knowledge and in your relationship as God as with God as well in this interconnected way that I am sharing on today. So if you want to be a part of that, go visit julianapage.com. There are also books over there that could probably meet you right where you're at in this season. So if any one of those speaks to you, get one for yourself, send one to a friend and transform their life. All right, guys, until next time, stay blessed. 